0: offseason moves and our reaction to the caps at the draft we'll discuss next on this edition of Locked On Capitals.
1: Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked on Caps. And one of the ways that you can help the show the most is to head on over to YouTube, type in Locked On Capitals, and hit subscribe. In today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we give our reaction to the Caps at the development camp. There were some names that really stood out. Who are those players? Later in the show, we will talk about the Caps' off-season moves and what moves need to take place between now and the start of the season. But just to get going here, we will talk about the reaction to the draft. And in today's episode, I have Keith Leonard of Roto-Wire. He covers the capitals for RotoWire. Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. So we're kind of just talking about the draft here and uh, what happened. There was a lot of talk out there. Is there the possibility that Metfei Mishkov could end up coming to the Capitals? Uh, You know, it seemed like the Capitals were laser focused on getting him at the draft. As it turned out, it sounds like he doesn't didn't even want to come to the Capitals, according to the article that I read by Sammy Silber. So the Capitals ended up signing Ryan Leonard, and I want to be clear here. I don't think that Leonard is a consolation prize, but Keith, what was your reaction to the Capitals selecting uh, Leonard at number eight overall?
1: Well, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, my first reaction was, I am so very happy that a Leonard was drafted by the Washington Capitals. I had hoped it would be me for a long time, but given that I'm 38 and I can't skate, the chances of that were vanishingly thin. So, if it's not me, I'm really glad that it was Ryan Leonard, who is a terrific kid and a really good hockey player. Um, you know, like you, I, I sort of thought that it's easy to indulge the, the fantasy that Mitch was somehow going to slide to the caps all the way at eight. I uh, wasn't sure that was a realistic possibility, just given how much offensive upside the guy has and how many teams above the Capitals really needed a player like that. But to it it speaks to the depth and quality of this draft when you can land a player of Ryan Leonard's caliber with the eighth pick. And I I agree with you. This is not a consolation prize. This is a really good player who's going to be a foundation for this team for a very long time. He has a projectable frame. He is industrious at both ends of the ice. He fits in well on an offensive line with skilled players. He showed that. By being one third of an absolutely dominant U.S. national development team, first line with fellow first rounders Will Smith and Gabriel Perot. and you could see it instantly in his discussions with the media following that he has just an, a really great personality and one that I think is going to fit in really well with the Caps, um, and the skill set is quite tantalizing. Um, I'm part of me wonders if the Caps would have gone a different direction uh, like you and with the locked on mock draft, I thought Zach Benson, a player like that was going to be more what they had in mind just because when you look at the organizational depth chart and the prospect pool for the team, one thing that stands out is that there isn't a lot in the way of young players with really elite game-breaking offensive upside. And with the eighth overall pick, I thought the Capitals might be, inclined to go that direction and and maybe take a player who's got a bit more of that offensive upside moving forward. but um, Ryan Leonard's uh, skill set is really hard to pass up um especially after watching the playoffs this year and the kind of impact that Matthew kachuk had with the Florida Panthers um, and I think Ryan Leonard plays a very similar kind of game where he can impact the he can impact things. With his offensive ability, but also by throwing out a good hit and separating players from the puck and just generally being difficult to play against. So um, one could make the argument that the Capitals may have played it a tad safe with the eighth pick, but there's no debate that this is a quality player who should be a, a really key foundation block for this team moving forward, especially once they get past the Alex Ovechkin era in the next couple of seasons.
0: And that is one of the things that uh, the Capitals are going to have to prepare for is the future. We know that Alex Ovechkin has about three years left on his contract and that you bring up the fact of Kachuk. You know, when I saw him, one of the things that they had said during when he was um, getting selected was that he has muscles on his face. And he kind of reminded me of Tom Wilson. If you remember when Tom Wilson First came to the league. He had the big frame, but he kind of grew into it. Uh, But he compared himself a little bit more, like you said, to Matthew Kachuk, Zach Hyman, Alex Tuck. And he also likes the quick and shifty way that Matthews play. He scored 60 goals during the 21-22 season. So if the Capitals at any point could get 60 goals uh, from Leonard, I think they would have hit it out of the park. That has to be uh, kind of music to your ears as well, if those are the kind of players that he looks up to.
1: Yeah, those are good players to emulate. And uh, I mean, he's still, you know, he's 18 years old. It's difficult to tell right now exactly where his offensive ceiling will be at the NHL level. But um, I I have no doubt that he has the ability to produce enough offensively to be a solid top six contributor. And and you brought up Tom Wilson. I actually, you know, Tom Wilson had, as you said, a, a much more, you know, projectable frame in his draft year. I don't, you know, Ryan Leonard is by no means a small guy, but I think Ryan Leonard is is actually a bit further ahead in his offensive development than Tom Wilson was at his age. And um, I, I think it's a good indication that they're going to let him go to college. He'll be able to play against older competition. Um, he'll also be able to play with his teammate, Will Smith at, at Boston college for the coming season. And I think this will only help his development. I, Tom Wilson has been a great player for the Washington Capitals, but in the first year or two of his career, it wasn't clear he was going to have that kind of impact because I think they, they may have rushed him a bit too quickly because they were drawn to his, you know, NHL size and his brawn. But um, Ryan Leonard, I, I think, could end up being more impactful than Tom Wilson offensively if his development continues to track. I'm not expecting the same degree of, um, you know, Physical game, maybe not quite the same to prowess as a hitter. Hopefully, he doesn't get into nearly the same degree of penalty trouble that Tom Wilson did for a long time. But uh, this is uh, a this is a very very good pick. It's I think it's safe that to say that Ryan Leonard will make an impact at the NHL level. Is he a bona fide you know forty goal top six winger? I'm not sure. I, I hope so. But at the very least,
0: he's a foundational player and. I I think, very much captain material down the line. Yeah, that's kind of my assessment. And I think that ultimately Tom Wilson will be the captain of this team when uh, Alex Ovechkin hangs up the skates. And it's kind of exciting to think about someone like Wilson and Leonard on the same team. So the other big pick uh, uh, would be uh, Chris Stahl. Uh, next here and some wondered why he ended up going in the second round 40th overall. Um, and everything that I've read about him is that some people are kind of, you know, had reservations based on his size and that he didn't get quite the production in some of the playoff games. But I ultimately think the Capitals got a steal uh, by getting Andrew Cristal. The fact that he was available in the second round, uh, Connor Bedard said he is one of the smartest players he has ever played with. That is quite the accolade by a guy that went number one in this year's draft. Talk to me about Andrew Kristall and what your thoughts are on him. So as I indicated before, I may have had
1: part of me wonders about the road not taken with uh, maybe, you know, the cap selecting a more offensively a gifted player and with the eighth pick, those concerns completely evaporated when the Capitals selected Andrew Kristol in the second round. Uh, count me among those who are surprised that he slid that far. It's a little surprise, It's pretty surprising to me that 31 NHL teams passed on him. Some of them more than once. Um, I, in my own mock had him, I didn't have him getting past Toronto at 28. That's as, as far as I thought he was going to slide. Um, I think this is a potential steal as well. Cristal has an incredibly high hockey IQ. His point per game totals in the WHL were only to Connor Pedard, and he did miss time with an injury. Um, He has incredible hands and puck handling skills and just the ability to execute really complicated passing plays um, that you just don't – it's a trait that you don't see all that much in a player that young. There are some legitimate deficiencies to his game. And to his credit, he is quite open and honest about those. He does need some work in his defensive acumen. His skating has some mechanical issues that certainly need refinement. Um, and I, of all the issues a player could have in their draft year, skating is one of the ones, while it's not nothing, it's the one that, it's not one of the ones that worries me the most. I remember when one Alexei Protis was drafted by the Caps a couple of years ago, and I watched him. Um, in the Memorial Cup playoffs following his draft year, and his skating was just really clunky. And he won't be, con- Protus will, won't be confused for an Olympic figure skater now, but it has improved markedly over the last couple of seasons. And I have no reason to doubt that, that Crystal, can, Crystal can do the exact same thing. But to get a player with that much offensive skill, that high in hockey, uh, hockey IQ, that kind of production in the WHL, which is not an easy just not an easy you know major junior league to score a lot in mm-hmm. and and to, as you said, earn the praise of the top pick in the draft to get a player like that at 40 is an absolute gift and uh, I'm really surprised he was still on the board after pick 39 and i I, I think the caps made an the obvious choice. In selecting a player, even with some question marks who had that kind of upside, particularly when you look at the fact that they didn't have a third rounder, you know, I think they really needed to swing for the fences a little bit. And it is very possible that in a couple of years time, we will look back and and say that the Capitals solidified their future top six with their first two selections in the 2023 NHL entry draft with Ryan Leonard and Andrew Christo
0: yeah, it's exciting for me to think about. You think of Leonard, Kristall, Ivan Miroshnashenko. You think of Hendricks LaPierre and Connor McMichael. So the Capitals didn't get the season that they were looking for last year. I don't know what kind of season they're going to get next year. But if you look kind of to the horizon, I think that this is going to be a team to be reckoned with. All right, so coming up after the break here, we will talk about the Caps off-season moves. Is there more they could have done? We'll talk about that straight ahead. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting, everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. It doesn't get any better than instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you this summer, like today, where I have Keith Leonard on the show from Rotowire. So make sure and subscribe or... Follow Locked on Capitals today. All right, in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the Capitals offseason moves. We know that they signed Max Pacioretty. We know that they signed Edmondson from uh, the Habs up there. So when we take a look at this team and the moves that have been made thus far, there's a lot of questions for me. Are they enough? And some people said, well, why Did they sign Max Pacioretty? I know that six times in his career he has scored 30 goals, but it's been quite some time. And the last two seasons he had Achilles issues, so there are a lot of question marks. But the biggest reason I think that they were able to even sign Max Pacioretty was the fact that he did have those injuries. Let's face it, if he didn't have those injuries, he would be too expensive for the Capitals to afford. When you saw that the Capitals signed Max Pacioretty what were your thoughts? So I I I agree
1: with you that there is no doubt in my mind that Patcheri would have been too expensive in terms of you know annual value and term to sign had he not been coming off these Achilles injuries. Um, Patcheri has been one of the more consistent goal scorers in the NHL for the last ten years or so. Um, he's he's got a great shot and he is a really solid offensive player when healthy um, it is an open question as to what kind of player the caps will be getting in patch ready this season. They have already made it clear that he will not be ready to start the season. Um, so it's not all that dissimilar from last offseason for the Capitals when they were waiting on the returns of Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson. But I think at the price tag, it's hard to say no, it's hard to say no at the upside, given that it's a one-year deal. The salary concerns are are fairly low. And if he can get back into game shape in time for the postseason and stay healthy, which is far and away the $64,000 question, um, then I think Max Pacioretty could really be a useful uh, middle six player for the Capitals as, as they march towards a, a return to the postseason, But uh, Achilles injuries and in players and NHL players have a very checkered history. Um, and I I'm, I'm hopeful that he's, re- that he's recovered. The capitals indicated that they took a long look at his medical file and didn't, didn't see anything alarming. Um, Patch ready himself says he's on track. So we will, we can only see, but this sort of, fits a pattern with with the capitals and i mean you can even see it in their in some of their drafting recently where they're they're willing to take a bit of a risk on guys with some injury history um most notably this um nichenko and, and pierre in their draft here this is the capitals are not a team that are afraid of injuries if they think the payoff is worth it we can only hope that that the payoff with patch ready is worth it but it's hard to, it's hard to quibble with with the player um uh, given how little financial risk there is uh really i'm you know one could make the argument that maybe they should have tried to extend connor sherry who's healthy and fits in well you know we already is a known commodity and, and know and know that player pretty well but um i i have i'm confident that the team has done their diligence and and hopeful that patch already continues to make progress in his rehab and what I think we'll see later in the fall, once he starts nearing return, what kind of player he's going to look like. But I, it, I think it's a pretty, pretty low risk signing with potentially, you know, medium to high rewards if if he can really get this Achilles, these Achilles injuries behind him.
0: Yeah, so they got him for two million dollars and then two million if he meets certain incentives. And I think the biggest reason that they took the risk on Patch Reddy is they didn't want to risk another season of, you know, the team getting all their goal scoring from Alex Ovechkin. You take a look at Tom Wilson, who missed a good chunk of last season, he was in the top three in goals the year before. And suffice it to say, Evgeny Kuznetsov didn't get the season that he was looking for either. So the other big player that they uh, got during free agency was Edmondson. And the big part about that for me was it was a $3.5 million deal, but they retained 50% of his salary what he is being revered as a rugged defenseman a little bit of snarl to his game six foot five two hundred and twenty one pounds a big guy uh, a guy that can you know really kind of throw his weight around uh, there are some concerns about him as well as he had back issues talk to me about Edmondson we know that the Capitals blue line faced quite a bit of injury last season I think they were just looking for an insurance policy at the end of the day what were your thoughts on Edmondson? I'm I'm thinking the same thing.
1: Um, you, you know, you said big acquisition and that, you know, quite literal in this case. You know, Edmondson <laughs> is, is, has a hulking frame, uses it very effectively to clear players out in front of the net, plays a very simple, steady game from the back end. Will ha, does not have the kind of offense that makes you that, that jumps out at you. But I think the Capitals are pretty clear eyed about that. And I do think that they are looking for veteran depth along the blue line um not wanting to take any chances on on injuries next year, like the way that the last season was was just plagued by it. Um the only thing about the Edmondson trade that really makes me raise an eyebrow is that at first glance, this doesn't really track with the philosophy that was coming out of the front office right after the season ended, which is what we were hearing a lot of we want to get younger and and sort of integrate our youth into the lineup a bit more. And To me, when I heard that, I heard that as a clear signal that Alex Alexeyev was going to get a regular role next season. And I'm wondering if that's still the case, given that they paid a third-round pick to get Joel Edmondson from Montreal. I I think they they had to pay the third to get Montreal to eat enough salary to make it worth it. Um, But I, I think ideally Edmondson is... A veteran presence who serves well as a you know a sixth or seventh defenseman, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm hopeful that this is not a roadblock for Alexeyev, who quite frankly needs regular ice time at this point. He's young, but he's not that young. The Capitals need to figure out what they have in him, and I'm the thought to me was bringing in a guy like Spencer Carberry, who is known for working with young players that that was going to be a sign that they were going to give Alexeyev what he needed to continue his development. And I'm hoping that that's still the case because I, I think that's in the capitals best long-term interests. Um, and Alexiev certainly got better as the season went along last year. And, and as a result of the injuries just had to play more minutes. So I really like the addition of Edmondson. Some might balk at the third round pick that they paid for him, but, in order to get a reliable veteran presence at that kind of price tag, that's not, you know, a third round pick isn't guaranteed to be an NHL player by any stretch. And worst case scenario, they have enough offense or defensive, excuse me, defensive depth where they don't maybe necessarily need Edmondson and they could move him at the deadline if, if they so choose. In which case they probably, you know, only move down a couple of slots in the draft to have a reliable, uh, Defensive partner, either on the third pair or to have in the press box, is needed. But you know, one thing was clear: the Capitals had some had some question marks last spring as to what their def, you know defensive core was going to look like. And um, you know, they they brought in Rasmus Sandin at the deadline. They've extended Feravari and Alexiev. They brought in Joel Edmondson. It, it's set now, so that's not a, necessarily a, a question mark anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I thought that this was going to be Alexiev's year, and then now it seems like he's almost going to be that seventh defenseman, which I don't think that's optimal for him, you know, sitting up in the press box when he could be playing the game. All right, so straight ahead here, we will talk about the Caps players at development camp. Who really stood out? We'll talk about that straight ahead. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Development Camp wasn't too long ago, and we actually got to see the two uh, top draft picks. We got to see Leonard and Kristal amongst the other draft picks and a lot of the other younger players at Development Camp. But it is interested to hear more and more of the feedback that I heard from camp about Leonard, whose shot was so hard that it almost broke or did break one of the goalie's gloves. Um, as you observed um, development camp, you know, either you were there or you saw the videos online or read about it. Who really stood out to you? For me, I thought that Leonard really stood out. I think that he is as advertised. I also was impressed by Ivan Miroshnashenko and Alexander suzdalev uh talk to me a little bit about development camp and who do you think is poised to take the next step?
1: Well, I I think you rattle all the names you you uh indicated are the ones that really stood out the most. Um I actually I want to lead off with um Muresh Nachenko for one obvious reason, which is that uh, a year ago this young man's life was in a very different place. He's recovering from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma um and that clearly had taken a toll on him physically um and he when he arrived at rookie camp he looked like a different guy he looked like he had he looked just looked much better he had gained back a lot of the weight that he had lost and when you see him on the ice he just he looks like the the sort of burly impressive hockey player that they drafted last year and it's it's really incredible to see him come back from something like that this is not a the sort of thing that a lot of young people have to go through Uh, and it's you know developing into a professional athlete is difficult enough without a life-threatening condition like this that you have to that you have to deal with and so it for me it was it was personally really incredible to see him on the ice with his peers and he looked really good he looked strong Um, he had really impressive offensive skills that he displayed and it was just I I think his development is, is back on track. And I am hopeful that with some time in, in Hershey to get used to the North American game that we might see him, um, you know, in the next season or two. But um, I mean, the other, the other standouts for me were, were obviously uh, Ryan Leonard, not just for for that incredible shot that he had, which he displayed more than once, but I, I was watching some of the uh, the training camp video and just hearing him talk and sort of chirp a little bit with with the guys with the other players and he was jovial but competitive and this is you, you like to see this in a young man i think he's going to make a great teammate and he has i mean just a, a great all-around upside to watch and the, the final thing that really jumped out at me was uh andrew crystal and that just incredible you know deke in front of the, the goaltender to put it past him i just your eyes go wide every time you see it. And I know it's, it's, it's a rookie camp and they're, they're kids and it's, you know, it's not a game situation, but you know, you to see these young players show off some of the attributes and upside um, that were highlighted when they drafted so quickly, certainly gives you a great deal of encouragement. And I, yeah, I got to give the Capitals a lot of credit. This is a team that, by virtue of of where they've been picking in the draft and the fact that they've had they've traded picks to to pick up players at the deadline the, the, their prospect pool is not as robust as as some of the other teams but in recent years i think they've done a, a much better job of of adding to that and they've, they've taken some chances to do so i mentioned earlier in the program you know lapierre was coming off that terrible neck injury murosnchenko was dealing with cancer at the time and and you know there's all the added health risks that go along with that, but they've been willing to take a few risks on guys that might pay off in the long run. And I, I think you're starting to see it. And I, it's, it's easy to like um, what you're seeing out of the rookie camp now. And and it, it gives me a bit more encouragement about this team moving forward than I may have had a couple of years ago. And um, I also got to mention, I almost forgot to mention uh, Suzdalov who has a great deal of skill and was showcasing that. Well, I'm really curious to see what he does uh, in the AHL ranks and, and particularly what he does away from Connor Bedard. But I, I think he's got a, a great deal of upside to offer as well. it be interesting to see how his development tracks.
0: Yeah. I think it's good to kind of see those players on showcase to see what you have. Sometimes you hear, you know, different things when players are drafted that they're this kind of player or they're that kind of player seeing is believing for me. When I saw the video of Leonard, I believe it. He's great. When I saw Kristall, amazing. Ivan Miroshnashenko, I'm really pumped. I'm excited about this team in the future. Uh, Again, you know, I do this show and I hear a lot of negativity about the Capitals and maybe even negativity about next season. But that's what I tell everyone. I can't tell you what next season is going to look like, but if you can have the ability to look into the future a little bit, I think this team is going to be stacked. Listen, Keith, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked on Capitals. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work? Uh,
1: I, You can find me and, and all the other great writers at rotowire.com. We offer a, a, a great we uh, break news and, and provide analysis for uh Fantasy sports managers, sports betting enthusiasts, and sports uh, sports fans in general. So you can help keep track of your favorite teams and players. And that it's at RotoWire.com.
0: And thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And thank you all for joining us on Locked On Capitals. Are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We got Locked On Nationals, Wizards, and Commanders. So no matter what major D.C. sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. Once again, my name is Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'll talk to you again next time.